Three, two, one, and we're live. Hey everyone, welcome back to Let's Take This Online with me, Digital Hoos. Uh, interesting guest we have today, someone I reached out because I like what he was working on and the HR recruitment talent acquisition realm is, is one that intrigues me um, really deeply and uh, something that I've been trying to learn more about. So we have Basil Fatin in the house, I say right? Hello, yes, you All said right, it. Perfect. perfect. Um, Thank you for having me. Oh, thanks for being here. So are you the... Are you the founder, co-founder of HireHunt? Is, is it a team? Is it... I, I'm the founder, so okay, the founder. Fine. But we, yeah, we are a team now, and uh, we're based out of Cairo, and now we're here in Dubai. All right, fantastic. Yeah. So you're here to set up the Dubai office? Yeah, we're here to. We started the Dubai office on our next leg of the the world domination tour. Well, that's awesome, man. Uh, go all, all power <laughs> to you. Um, something I like to start with all my guests. I like to understand a bit of background. I always understand someone's story of how they got here. I like to understand is what do you study in university? So I studied computer science. Computer science. Yeah. That and was, you are in uh, HR and recruitment, basically. Yes. I, I've got a weird story. Uh, I've got a weird background. The weirder, the better. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I did, I did computer science because that was, uh, that was kind of like the safer route to go. And that's that's the path that my dad chose, and wow. I was interested in it. But you know, Arab dads, yeah, gotta love them. Yeah, I, I, I remember actually at the time. I mean, I wanted to major in philosophy, right? Okay. And I and I went. I told my dad, so yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna major in philosophy. Any, any philosopher that resounds with you? Uh, I mean, at the time, the standard uh, Plato, Socrates guys. Yeah, yeah, okay. I'm on Plato. Yeah, very much so. And at the time, and and my dad's really big into philosophy too. But he had a very mm. good, you know, comeback to me saying that he said, well. If you take philosophy, you're going to sit under a tree and think. And then you can do that while being, you know, having a day job and having money or you do that as a bum. <laughs> so if you take if you take the normal route, you know, to try to take something that will actually get you a job and then you can think. We could tell Newton sat under the tree <laughs> and think and we have gravity to think it for. <laughs> so, yeah. So I, I, I took uh, that route. And uh, for me, always the, 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 the you know, the, the development, the computer science, this was always something very interesting. But... Uh, the first thing I was into is uh, being writing, you know, and creating stories and okay. script writing. And I've been Were doing that. Were you always that. a writer as a kid? Yeah, I was a writer since I was a kid. I was working in magazines since I was a teen. I was an entertainment awesome. editor before I graduated. I was um, actually covering music events and mm. writing a lot of like music, uh, music-based pieces. And okay. uh, I was really into that world. And then as literature, and I got a book published very early on. Um, and I always saw that that's gonna that's my path, right? That's the thing I love. That's what I'm Fair here enough. to do. I'm going to do the the computer science uh, geeky day job stuff, okay. the monkey suit stuff until that other thing kicks off and then, you know, Fair enough. that's going to be a footnote. Did you enjoy learning about computer science? Oh, incredibly. But okay. but for me, I always saw it as the backup, right? Mm. Uh, and then when I started to move towards, um, you know, just getting better at it over time and as I was like writing and stuff on the side, um, I realized that actually, um, you know, the world of the world of you know, technology right now is is peak creation, you know, mm. and it's it's a really weird fusion of these two worlds that For sure. happen to come. And, and that was to me a huge surprise, you know, these creating these experiences online, yeah. you know, because if you're if you're writing something at the end of the day, it's it's one way, right? You're, yeah. you're, you're putting something out there and someone's consuming it and then they feel a certain For way. Sure. But when creating online experiences, you have a chance to have this weird interactive thing mm. that actually changes someone's trajectory in life. And you could have a lot of narrative in that and a yeah. lot of creativity. So that was interesting for me. All right, cool. So you study computer science yeah, and you work in computer science yeah. in Egypt. How many years did you do that for? Um, I did that for about... Uh, 12 years. Oh, wow. Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm in my mid-30s. 
now. Dude, you yeah. look turning like, you're like 25. I know. I look 25 <laughs> and I'm still as excited as I was. Well, that's good, man. Which no, good is for weird, you. like that I'm not broken yet by That's the good world. for you, man. People always think I'm 40. <laughs> I'm only 31. Uh, but yeah, yeah, I mean, it, 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 it feels good. Like still have your hair. Parted, getting still have your hair. Yeah. <laughs> it feels good. Like yeah. I actually, like when someone asks people for my idea, I'm like, really? You know, no, oh, that's, that's awesome. awesome. <laughs> well, the fact that you still have your hair is, uh, is a big thing. I'm losing mine. Well, I majorly. Mean, yeah, uh, I guess so. Yeah. I yeah. guess that, that's one of the few things <laughs> I, I have to think about in life. <laughs> no, you're good. All right, cool. For 12 years, computer science. And then what? Uh, and then, like, I actually had nothing to do with HR or recruitment, anything like that. I didn't even have, like, a good relationship with HR departments ever. I was always, a, like, a trouble employee, you know? Like, Same here. Did yeah. you did you move around a lot in those 12 years, or you kind of stayed in one job? Well, you know, th those 12 years were actually the, the first stable part of my life. Because okay. my entire life I've been moving around, right? Yeah. Because I'm, I'm you know... Uh, my parents are diplomats and stuff. So, oh, okay. So yeah. I actually had the opposite. Like I was actually happy to be stable in a place for just more than a. So few do you years. stay in the same company for twelve years? No, I was. Okay. Uh, I started out um, in a in a startup actually. Like I didn't. I wasn't interested in startups or entrepreneurship. Mm. I think that's just the first offer I got, and uh, that's that's really where I caught that bug. You know, of that world of like the fast, fast pace. Okay. You know, startup world. And um, and that that startup was was developing something quite interesting for the time because that was a long time ago. That was pre-smartphones, and yeah. they were doing uh, a location-based social network on mobile. Interesting. Pre-smartphones. So right. Like so on Nokia's. No Nokia's. Okay. So so our development environments were just absurdly difficult and weird, and it's things that obviously don't exist at all right now using yeah. Symbian and stuff like that. Interesting. Um, and and like I remember, and that's like pre-using Google as a as a software tool yeah, and a development nowhere. tool, right? Yeah. So at the time when there were certain things that we needed to figure out how like how do we call this function or what do we do and we'd find something online and the, the only answer would be on a chinese forum yeah and like the, <laughs> the question would be what we want and then the answer is in chinese and it says accepted and we're like okay so <laughs> we need to find someone who knows chinese now yeah. to figure that out that's how different <laughs> the world was at the time crazy yeah yeah all right cool um so start up and then so between those 12 years how many companies how many times i'm trying to get the story of your yeah your experience with recruitment okay so so after the after the startup towards like the second year i started to feel maybe maybe i should try the other side of the spectrum right because i had tried the startup world and okay. it's very interesting like more it's, corporate yeah i want to i want to i want to see what the other side's like now i was i was very anti-corporate my whole life i okay. just did not like the idea of that i felt like there was something very very inhuman about it right it just okay. didn't make sense that Evil. we should be stuck in these cubicles and stuff but at the same time i wanted to kind of verify that you know i sure. was i was reaching that point in in my life where you know you you you, you um, address these teenage beliefs you yeah. know and you want to see like is that just a teenage rebellion kind of sex pistols thing or mm. is that for real so I, I i flipped on the other complete side of the spectrum i worked with one of the biggest uh, 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 telecoms in Egypt okay. and uh, it's really one of the biggest companies so it, I went from you know a world of like flip-flops and just eating McDonald's at 4am to suits 9am you gotta you, you gotta sign in with a fingerprint in. Yes. people are like stabbing each other at the elevators <laughs> at 9 at nine, five to 9 because yeah. if they miss it they get a half day you know it's like that kind of atmosphere yeah, you know? exactly. super stressful um, and uh, yeah I, I mean with, within within a few weeks actually I realized yeah this, this really sucks <laughs> yeah it does so, yeah, it does because, suck. because I mean 
the, the the startup world and and just generally anything that's that's very focused on a fast pace of innovation you you work really hard mm. uh, but there's so much output all the time and sure. you're in this you're in this feedback loop of of trying things and you know doing something else and learning and and trying something else um, and you're you're having a good time even though you're super yeah. stressed and the the corporate world I felt was this this overall aura of I'm busy without mm. actually producing a lot. You know what yeah, I mean? Exactly. Like the, as efficiency wise, as as creation wise, like a lot of people, their output is just so low, but they look like they're doing a lot, which yeah, you, really you can go a whole month and not produce and not anything. Anything, and yeah. that's and that's what I realized that like most of these big corporations, people are just passing the ball <laughs> to each other. To each other, you know, yeah. they're just passing. They're just everyone's passing, and you know, it usually happens in these email threads. That's why we chose email threads as one of our content pieces because that was yeah. that blew my mind. That world of email threads and how like it's basically this black hole of productivity, you know and mm. uh, email threads and meetings really it's just oh, yeah. sucks everyone's three time. four hour meetings and you have the minutes and then you're done with the day right <laughs> I, I remember like my first kind of out of body experience at this corporation was we had a meeting about having meetings and i was like i've no, heard no, that no, one listen, before this is this is <laughs> this is getting absurd here you know <laughs> i mean can we actually work on something because it seems like we're just killing yeah. time you know to, to how long you stay in that job that one i lasted only a year and, and you're I like, left, I can't do it anymore. I left after they promoted, like they 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 promoted me in a, in a certain direction, and I was like, no, no, I'm I'm out. And everyone thought I was insane because this is a really big company and yeah. that promotion was substantial. Uh, but I was just like, no, this is this is it's not for me, you know. And and um, after that, I joined. Uh, actually, after that, I I um, I took about six months to finish my novel and publish it. Uh, was well, so it was a book about. Uh, the book was uh, it was fiction. Okay. Um, it was the first novel I I, I finished and published in Egypt. Um, and Arabic <laughs> or English? In English. Okay. It was called Melancholia. Okay. Uh, and it uh, it got published and it was at Virgin and all the big stores. There. What's about? Uh, uh it was about uh, <laughs> it was about someone in their early twenties, uh, coping with that transition of you know uh, moving into the real world. Was it taken from your life? Yes, very, very much so. Yeah. It was actually saying a lot that I wanted to say, but I had to say it through the guise of a character mm. so that I'm protected to yeah, a degree. And I made him kind of seem to have, um, you know, psychological issues. Okay. So he, you know, talked to this pigeon and stuff like that. Interesting. Because that, I felt like that was really the only way to say how I felt is that if I put it through the words of a character that seems like he's insane. So Interesting. Do you <laughs> have like a, good, a pigeon friend? It's a good, yeah. It was called a pigeon called Frank based on that blog I had. And then it was Interesting. called. Ever read the book um, Ringer? No. Um, Jerry Spinelli. The name's familiar. Jerry Spinelli wrote a bunch of uh, young adult children books. Okay. Fiction. I, I have it somewhere there. I'll show mm. it to you. It's a, and Ringer is about the society that once a year or once every couple of years or something, they have this like a shooting competition mm. where they shoot pigeons. Okay. And the adults shoot the pigeons, mm-hmm. and the kids are supposed to go out and see if like let's see any pigeon that's like been wounded but not killed and wring their necks. Oof. And it's a story about this kid. Who basically befriends a pigeon okay. and starts following him around. Okay. And he and his dad is and like. And he was supposed to wring his neck and. They... No, it, it, no, it wasn't that. Like, he basically, this pigeon fell like on his windowsill. Okay. And he befriends this pigeon. Oh, and his dad's like the number one shooter. Mm. And like, it's it's really interesting. interesting. So I thought if you read that. No, but, uh, but I'll check it out. It sounds interesting. I, I, I don't know why, but there's like a few books I think you read as a kid that really stays with you. Yeah. And. Ringer and Maniac McGee. Okay. These two books, I literally bought them like a couple of weeks ago because I'm like, I still remember them to the day. They touched me, I don't know, like like deeply, like emotionally like that. It was nice. weird. 
Nice. Sometimes you don't even know even know why that book is the exactly, one. Exactly, exactly. But it right, sticks right. with you. Huh? Yeah, hundred yeah, percent. Yeah. So, how many books have you got published so far? I had this. This was my first book to publish. Okay. And uh, that, what year? Uh, sorry. What year? Uh, that was. Um, I'd say maybe uh, 2008, something like oh, that. You're due for another one then. Uh, well, I mean, I'll tell you what, man. That process of getting the book published was so harrowing in Egypt. Oh. It was so harrowing that I was like, I'm not going to go through this again anytime soon until I like can actually you know, do we'll just, it. We'll just work with Amazon. Well, at the time, you know, that yeah. wasn't really an option in Egypt and stuff. I had to go through the normal you know, uh, channels and, <laughs> and publishing a book like this in English in Egypt was was you know it was a, it was a very yeah. difficult experience because also like of of the kind of content that was in it, it was mm. there was a lot of stuff that was you know it was masked but it was it was you know, okay. a bit controversial so okay. um but yeah so I, I, that that process uh, of of needing to um kind of go through those channels just to get something out there wasn't interesting to me at the time and then I kind of just got sucked into this world of technology and uh and I, I f- kind of started to figure out ways to combine those two worlds yeah. to a to a more int- to create this other third thing. Okay. You know? Yeah. All right. So when did you kind of fall into this HR recruitment world? How'd that happen? So but you you said something before yeah. you did, that you were not never the good employee or the no. like. Okay, because I'm not a big either. HR did not like me. Yeah, I me was either. late and and I was just like like I'd come in shorts to to to, to meetings and stuff, and then they'd send the emails out like. Yeah. Just to say everyone, you know, don't wear shorts. It was directed at you, <laughs> yeah, but it said to everyone. Basil, yeah. <laughs> CC me. Uh, but yeah, so I, I was never, I mean, we, I was just never um, someone who totally followed all of the rules and stuff like that. Yeah. And that kind of caused issues to them. Understandable, of course. Uh, but then at some point, I mean. Is I, it understandable though? Well, they have their jobs to do. Right. Yeah. You know, and this is me as the 35 year old now looking at it. Right. Yeah. Like they're they're just trying to do their jobs. Me at the time of like being uh, trying to, yeah. you know, living this kind of also rebellious lifestyle. Like, I mean, don't join a corporation and then be rebellious. You know what I mean? Like yeah. do be, be a real rebel then if you're a real. Rebel. Okay, yeah. You know, don't don't don't, you know, be a thorn in someone's side who's just coming to do their job. But that's, okay, yeah. but that's how I see it now, you know, uh, after a few years. I don't know. I'm, I've been trying to shape my ideas about about hr and it's hard because like i've never been the model employee either but i because i work in my own way mm. i'm i don't like to I, i'm not a person I, look i've met I, i've worked I, I come from a media background yeah. and even though media is quite chill it's mm. still there's a way of working sure i, I used to have like colleagues for example they'd come in at nine yeah. and they'd work like a machine mm. till six right check mm. out and leave mm. i'd look at them like that's amazing I, I can't do that yeah for me every hour i need to get up yeah. Every hour. Sure. Or I just can't work. Yeah. I can't work two hours in a row. Right. I sometimes want to lean back in my chair, take out my phone, and play a quick little game. Sure. Because you're a human being. Yeah. <laughs> or I like to listen to audiobooks yeah. while yeah. I work, or podcasts yeah, while I work, sure. or I like to listen to. I remember the once I, I remember I was listening to in the background while I was working to the Nobel Prize of uh, they were giving the Nobel prizes of 2016. Right. And I, and I got I got a lot of shade for my for my boss for it. Really. Yeah. Like, what are you doing? Why aren't you working? So for me, it was I was never the monopoly, because I, this is the way I work, and obviously when you're young, and you're afraid to tell people the way you work, and yeah. you kind of have to sneak it in. Yeah. You don't understand it, but I got to a point, this was only a few years ago, where every job I would go to, I'd tell them how I work. Yeah. I'd be like, listen, first of all, don't micromanage me. I, right. Some people need micromanagers. Some people need someone. I can't. Sure. Second, micromanage you, I'm out. Hmm. I lasted in a job for three months because I was micromanaged. Hmm. So the point is, every, before I could, in media, this happens a lot. I don't know if you ever heard about this. Before you send out every email, your manager has to check it. Really? Yeah. Oof. So w- someone does that with me, I'm out. Right. I'm out. 
Yeah. I'll ask in one job for three months. So yeah. I told I told my boss, listen, this is how I work. Don't micromanage me. Leave me alone. Don't ask where I am. If I'm not at my desk, don't right. ask. Right. All right. right. End of the week, end of the month, end of the period. Judge me then, and then we'll see from there. Right. That's I've kind of t- that's that's the approach I take. Yeah. I'm not gonna work in the, in the way you want me to work because that's not I'm not gonna be productive. I can't do nine to six one you know sahbi and, yeah. and be left alone. Yeah. I'll fail. As you as you should. I mean, I mean some people do like, it, man. Well, I'll tell you what, this is one of those things that kind of drove me crazy very early on of this corporate world is that I started to feel exactly like how you're feeling now and like get like really itchy and agitated. But yeah. I'd look around and some people that's just lovely for them. Yeah. And and that's 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 really why there is this big shift right now that is happening in HR, but it's happening very slowly. Yeah. And it's the shift from It's really, a very old it, school yeah, industry, it, it, right? Yeah, it's so it's it's so stuck. In, in old ways, even though everything else has moved forward, mm. like marketing has moved forward, sales move forward, they're using very advanced, uh, yeah. not only technologies, but also outlooks, right? And the shift is moving from a purely administrative point of view of like very administrative tasks to strategic tasks mm. and actually looking at people like people in that you are you, you're not employee number Whatever. whatever and the same and that yeah. goes from the entire uh, life cycle from when you start applying as a candidate or even before you apply when you look at this company as an employer mm. brand and what do you think and how how's that experience and then when you get onboarded and then when you become an employee so yeah. looking at this entire thing and looking at people as people is one of those shifts mm. that's happening the thing that needs to facilitate this is the tools that automate the administrative but even bigger than the tools and more important than the technology is really managing that outlook relationships yeah. and people you know what i mean okay. you, you you just have to that's it. the companies that don't do this will be crushed oh yeah for will sure be crushed because they will they will not be able to attract that top talent for sure all right cool now let's get into how you kind of stumbled on higher how, how yeah. did, i say stumbled because yeah, like because you went from something that's not related at all not related at all and i swear to god if you if you had told me like seven or eight years ago that I'm going to be doing anything to do with recruitment, yeah. I, I tell you that that's insane. Yeah. And and sometimes I do feel like someone like slipped me a pill <laughs> and I just woke up a few red years pill, later pill, blue pill. in recruitment. You know? some, uh, but, some matrix pills. Yeah. So, so, so the way I got into it is, is that I was promoted at, at the, the software house that I had joined after, after the, after publishing the novel and that software house was much younger software house. So it was kind of a middle ground between yeah. the startup world and the big corporates. Yeah. Um, and, uh, I climbed the ranks and I was a product consultant for many years. And, and my thing was basically developing these end to end solutions to tackle problems, whether they're enterprise problems or uh, consumer apps or something for traffic. You know, every year I was doing something completely different and I was very interested. In it, so I was kind of like running my own startup within yeah, okay. every year. And then I, at some point I became the technical uh, manager of a whole new department and I needed to hire like 15, 20 people in a very short amount of time yeah. because the sales team had sold the contracts already. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So they basically came to me with like, you know, okay, in three months, this is what we need to do. And I, it was just me and like this other person in, in this department. Yeah. Uh, and I, I basically, I had to I go to the HR and I'm like, okay, so this is the situation. Entire bunch of people, super fast. What do I do? And they said, okay, f- go into the internet. We have a lot of CVs. Search, 
Tell us who you want to meet. We'll make that happen. Was the uh, was like the LinkedIn uh, kind of was that go like big then? Everything, yeah. We were yeah. using LinkedIn. We were using all of the job boards. We had okay, internal fine. recruiters. We even had external recruiters, yeah. right? And this company was a large software house in Egypt, so mm. it has a very strong employer brand. And when I did log into the the CV search in in the internet, I found tons of CVs. So I'm thinking this is going to be super easy, right? Because yeah. there's just tons of CVs. So I I start to open up the CVs and I look at them. And the first thing I realize is that everyone looks the same. Like all of the CVs have the same, have the same template, have the same buzzwords. Everyone's a critical thinker, a problem solver, you know, a team player. Everyone wants to align with my strategic blah, blah, blah in my organization. Everyone plays tennis on their CV, but nobody really plays tennis. (laughs) Especially in Egypt, like the tennis courts are just empty, but everyone on their CV plays tennis. It's like like golf. Yeah, yeah. Tennis or golf. It makes them seem like cool and sporty and stuff. Um, And, and, you know, like I really had nothing to go, go off on that's accurate so it was just kind of like uh, digging from this well blindly uh, and handing over CVs to the HR and then you know every time they schedule these uh, interviews I meet the people and almost every time they're just completely different to who I thought I was going to be meeting and because mm-hmm. they're mo- mainly technical positions yeah. either they'd um, pass the technical and fail the HR interview or they okay. you know the opposite they pass the HR and fail the technical uh, or they pass the technical and they pass the HR but they're just weird. There's something okay. that X factor, you know what yeah. I mean? You know what they call culture fit or, or just, you know, chemistry, because, you know, by this point I had enough experience to know that you could be great on paper, but if you're together in a team, those two people, they're just not going to vibe yeah, together. You don't, you, want, know? you don't want, you don't want, that you don't want to poison a small well, basically. 100%. And, and, and I didn't want to do that at the time. So every time with every batch I'd reset and go back to the well and dig out blindly and stuff. And I was really fascinated by how, um, such a critical process, is so bad, right? And I started to just mm. ask people around me, is it just me? Like, am I stupid? Am I not able to do this? Yeah. Is there like a secret, like a memo that everyone got? And and everyone unanimously, whether they were in HR or like managers or even founders, they were telling me, you just got to hope for the best. You might luck out very quickly. So sad. Yeah, right? Or you might <laughs> like, you might best. be like, you know, tortured <laughs> for months looking for these these people. It's just yeah. you, you kind of got to you got to take it. And I, I felt like you know, as as someone who who, who was a, a product uh, a consultant at the time, figuring out solutions to tricky problems, I, I kind of became fascinated yeah. by how complex this problem is because it's a problem that has a lot of players, right? And it's very quickly when when I started to kind of experiment with different things, I realized that there's there's really like four or five dysfunctional relationships okay. that you need to be mediating if you're going to do anything in recruitment technology or in recruitment so it's not necessarily about the technology alone it's about how the technology fits in fixing these relationships because the trust yeah. is gone it's there it's eroded over time 100%. applicants hate employers employers are, yeah. are frustrated by applicants the hiring manager is frustrated by the hr the hr is frustrated by the external recruiter yeah. everyone's frustrated by the job boards and the tech vendors because they promise these huge claims and they don't deliver yeah. the applicants when they apply to 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 jobs on job boards they get exploited so heavily by these upsells of pay this extra amount and boost your CV profile and all mm. this stuff that's really, it just makes everyone hate each other. And that's, that's, that's was a lot of the content that we put out. Question. Yeah. I want to go in, in Egypt. Uh, is there, cause this is something I recently found out here through the podcasting and meeting people in the field is um, like, it seems that the majority of job postings like on LinkedIn, bait.com, all these sites are not for real jobs. <laughs> 
Is that, is that a thing? Yeah, of course, that's a thing. Is, is that just we talked about that in our last video? Yeah. Is that just a Middle Eastern thing, or is that a worldwide thing? I've heard, I've heard they do it like outside, but it's really, it's a lot worse here. Yeah, it's a lot worse here because I think, I think it's an issue of regulation because there's very little accountability. Mm. I, there's a lot more laws that govern recruitment uh, policies and procedures, and companies could really get. Uh, okay. sued abroad for having a different kind of biased approach or saying something that's not true or something like that because there's less accountability in this area of recruitment here and this is a big part of our last video the one about recruitment is that it's just it's 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 very chaotic and 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 yeah recruiters a, a lot of all, times man. yeah recruiters a lot of times will say uh, and they'll, they'll make it so sexy they'll make the job post so sexy to oh, collect yeah. CVs yeah, just especially to collect in a place like Egypt where a lot of young professionals are trying to get opportunities elsewhere so they'll say you know position in Dubai and they'll give you an amazing salary they'll tell you within a week and stuff and that's just to get like 10,000 CVs in their inbox so they but can But why because basically that's their why currency. Do we, why, why are we trying to aggregate CVs? First of all, yeah. first of all, I want to. Do you think CVs are are, are good? I think CVs need to die because Thank it's you. a it's 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 a bureaucratic uh, thing, I hate here, right? CVs. Yeah, it, I hate CVs. And especially to use the CV to judge someone is insane, especially if they're yeah, early in their career. They still haven't done anything. There's right? no way you will understand me, yeah. the things I've worked on, mm -hmm. my knowledge and skills from a two pager. Yeah. Because now, because you technically we learned a long time ago, you can't have a long CV, right? Right. Your Word document CV, your PDF CV has to be two pages. Yeah. How are you supposed? Like, come on. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make. It makes zero sense. This is exactly what I'm saying about shifting crazy. from the administrative to crazy. strategic. Because the administrative, I'm looking at the CV length. I'm looking for keywords. I'm looking for stuff like that. Strategic is I'm really trying to figure out this person's actual capabilities. 100%. And that you need different tool sets and you need a different mindset, right? Because I mean, if they're searching for uh, someone with a specific keyword and you just don't happen to have that in your CV, but you're perfect for the job, you're gonna miss out. And that's what yeah, happens definitely. tons of times. Is that I mean, most of, most of the people I know who've been looking for work here or they're transitioning, they're they're incredible people, like incredible with the incredible background, yeah. and they're telling me five months and I'm unable to find the work. Does that's that make normal. sense? I mean, that's, uh, but it's like here you hear I know friends who are very talented. Yeah. Nine months, ten months. That's insane. Twelve, thirteen months. That's insane months. because you see the vacancies, right? Like you go on LinkedIn and the job boards, but, you see tons but, but of vacancies. Seem, but seems they're all fake vacancies. They're not real vacancies. It, they're fake, or they're just their they're process just, is so terrible. Yeah. But because because trust me, employers also because we deal with both, and we deal with everyone who's stressed. The employers really do want to hire really great people, but their processes do are they so though, flawed. Do they though? Here's the problem. Here, here's here's where I, I'm, I'm gonna challenge you from my perspective is. I don't think employers always want the most talented people. I think they mm. they say they do, mm. but they're not willing to make the necessary changes to get a talented person. Yeah, As in, most of the time, they yeah. don't want to pay the salary. Yeah, they don't want to provide the work environment that that because usually talented people. If you realize, there's a trend I realize with most talented people, they work differently than others. The yeah. most talented people that I meet, mm. I don't want to. I'm not gonna call myself talented because I don't want to show off. But I think I'm above average. Let's just mm. imagine I am above average. Okay. In maybe the top forty percent of okay. whatever in my industry, I'd like to think I could be wrong. You guys are more than welcome to comment and say, "You suck." It's fine. All right. Now I work differently. Yeah. Most of the people I meet from other industries who are talented work differently than the norm, and that's why they're talented. Yeah. Because they, their their mind ventures into realms that other the standard does not. Yeah. So if it, but I feel that employers want this kind of person, mm. but they don't want to pay the salary, don't want to give the autonomy, and don't want to provide the work environment that will let this person continue being talented. Yes. And that's, I think, is a problem. That's a and nice problem. A, yeah. And then the biggest, and then, and then we always want to hire cheap. Yeah. I, I'm sorry. I, when you see, when you see mm. positions, mm. like I've seen some positions of ridiculous salaries. Yeah, yeah. 
chief transformation officer, 13,000 dirhams. Right. 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 Uh, <laughs> digital director, 15,000. I'm like, are you joking? And they're wondering why they're not able to Are you, jo- are you joking? Yeah. You want someone who do transformation? Yeah. You, got, you want a director? Yeah. You want someone who's going to push boundaries? And you see the description. Yeah. Push boundaries, yeah, yeah. work over. You, you know, I'm sorry, I'm not going to do it for 12,000 dirhams. Sure. I know money, we shouldn't be like greedy and stuff, but there's a value someone puts on himself. Yeah. I think I, I, I have done this. I yeah. think I am worth this. Yeah. And if you put something lower, it's just an insult. Yeah. And th- th- these are all, I, I think, 100% valid. And they're all symptoms of the same thing of being disconnected from reality. Yeah. Completely disconnected from reality, yeah. right? And and this is this is one of the things that, like, really technology can't fix alone. No, People no. need to just wake up and realize, yeah, realize that these things don't make sense, that they need to shift how they look at things, that they need to give people, they need to be fair also. And it's not, it's not from, like, a utopian kumbaya point of view. Yeah. They will not be able to attract the right people. 100%. They will just, they will, they will fail at that. Well, miserably. They'll fail and they'll lose money and their business will close. They, they, yeah. It's, it's going to happen at such a fast rate in the next while that the people so will shift their strategy and technology and processes to look at recruitment like marketing and sales and move people down a funnel accurately and really be studying every every part of it so they could give value and it's not it's it's a it's a talent driven market right now yeah. right the, the the top people are 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 uh, having that leverage when people are discovering them so they need to look at it this way and uh, and it's just it, the, the, their competition is just going to get better people <coughs> if they don't do this do you think do you think there's a lot of talent or do you think there's a lack of talent in our industry? In our, in it, our, it depends ha, It depends on how you define talent. Are you looking? Are, you ta- are we talking talent and anyone who's looking for an opportunity no. or talented people? I think talented people. That's a tough one. That's a tough one. It's hard for me to answer it like that because it's a bit it's a bit relative, right? It is relative. The people that I'd consider, ta- consider talented, like you're saying, a lot of companies would have difficulty kind of you know, accepting them because they have to put effort. Like yeah. you're saying, they have to put effort in embracing that relationship because this person who's going to eventually provide so much value needs a bit of effort to be treated like sure. an individual. And a lot sure. of companies are not willing to do that. They want to treat them as numbers and have the same kind of process sure. for everyone. Well, I think, I think it's, well, I'm going to talk about my industry. Um, have you delved into the landscape yet of, of Dubai? I started to. Okay, cool. Yeah. Media is an interesting realm. It's a very interesting realm. But it's a realm... That I talk about it because it's my it's my realm. I've been here for six, seven years now, and I kind of know it. I think there's a lack of talent. Mm. Talented people. Mm. I think there's a lot of people mm. who do their job, and they do it very, very well. Mm. But I think there's a lack of talented people mm. who are willing to do different things. Mm. And I don't know if that is the... a byproduct of the way the ecosystem is built. Mm. But I don't know. I think, there, I think in Dubai, it's a volume game. Right. More than a quality game. Right, right. And, and also, like, what I've noticed here is that, <laughs> I mean, people are moving about so much. Uh, like, people are moving in and out of this place absurdly sure. fast. Sure. So so you're dealing with different uh, groups of people, sure. like, from year to year. For sure, this is going to cause issues in, in how things are done and processes and handovers and, you know what I'm I mean, sorry. stuff like that. And I'm starting to see that's, that's definitely one of the challenges here is you got to move super fast because... We have a high attrition rate. Super fast because these people you're working working yeah. with or, or, or potentially closing the deal with might not be here very quickly. You know 100%. I mean? well, and one thing you'll learn, especially like an industry like media, you see a high attrition rate. People jump around a lot. Yeah. And uh, I don't know if, uh, I don't know how I don't know the media industry in, in, in Egypt is the mm-hmm. same, but you, because again, it comes down to how people value the employees. For example, if I say so, if I stay in a job, and I'm going to move a position, mm-hmm. my salary increment will be five percent if I'm lucky. Right. Right. Five percent right. on let's say twenty thousand is a thousand. Yeah. But if I jump to a different company, mm-hmm. 
I'll get four or five thousand sure. more. Sure. So for for example, for me, mm. I found it better to jump around mm. than stay within a company. Sure. So I, so I jumped yeah. around. So when someone looks at my CV again, they see that this guy likes to jump around. Mm. I don't like to jump around. Mm. The circumstances forces me to jump around because because if I stay in that same position, mm. I will not be valued right. uh, monetarily and career wise. Yeah. And then what's the point? Why am I gonna Why am I gonna break my back? Right. So I think that's something as you see that agency is very normal. People jump around, and that's fine. It is, but not to a corporate, not for a corporation. Because I, look, when I when I was looking for a job before the job I have, I used to get it all the time. Yeah, you know, it seems you know you you don't stay more than two years in a job. Oh, yeah. you jump around. I'd be like, yeah, I don't. Mm. I, I the, my answer has always been the same. It's a value exchange. Exactly. It's a value exchange. Exactly. I'm coming to give my time, which is yes. super valuable. Yes. And I grow very quickly because that's how I am as a person. Yeah. I love to learn and grow quickly. It gets to a point is that I over I I grow out of my position. Yes. From a monetary standpoint and from a, and a knowledge standpoint. Yeah. And then that job is not able to give me that. So I leave because there's an imbalance in value. Sure. It's a, it's a swing set. Yes. And that's, that's exactly that's my what, answer. This is exactly what I'm talking about of, of, of being, uh, you know, firmly in reality and yeah. just, just not, not getting into any of the, the, you know, the, um, the, the, the terminologies that the kind of cloud everything and make it unreal, you know, like H, the, uh, an issue with HR is using a lot of uh, concepts that are just not real. The thing yeah, with that, we're a family and stuff like that, but we're not, yeah, <laughs> you no work there and no. I could be very happy and I could love this place and be aligned with the vision. But it, it, as soon as you start not seeing it, like what you're describing, then there's this disconnect from reality so. and then everyone, everything goes left for everyone. So it, the more realistic we are, the better for everyone that this is a two way relationship. Mm. This is a two way relationship. And th th this person on the other side is an individual and you are a corporation or a business that wants something from this individual. Yeah. If people look at things just honestly, just from a no, no bull this is, it's going to be better for everyone. 100%. Yeah. All right. So when did you find, when did you found, uh, um, Hire Hunt. Hunt. So Hire Hunt was in 2015 and okay. uh, it, this is, this is when I, I transitioned out of this company. Uh, when I started to experiment with this new solution, They're like I wanted something I felt like the world didn't need another LinkedIn or it didn't need another job board. They're, they're, they do their thing and they're going to be less and less effective. What, the, the, what I felt was needed was a different method of engagement between okay. applicants and employers. This okay, is fine. the first thing that I came, okay. came with. Like, I felt like this first interaction, that dance is severely inefficient and outdated and needs to be faster and smarter and sure. interactive and give feedback and not be about a, a, a bunch of text in a job description and a bunch of text in a CV. There needs yeah. to be something that moves things along faster and more accurately. So the, the first uh, platform of, of Hire Hunt was kind of uh, providing this interactive gamified way of companies and employers, uh, companies and applicants interacting for the first time so that applicants, instead of just applying with a CV and, and from a job description, they're going through these, uh, these, uh, these uh, interactive online experiences, whether they're question-based, voice-based, video-based, that uh, gamified assessment, you do this as an assignment and come back and unlock it with a keyword. You know, so it's basically putting you through a process that shows really who you are and what you can do as okay. opposed to what you've done, okay. which, is, which is all that's on a CV. And the earlier you are in your career, what you've done is irrelevant because I've just had a few internships and I've had this uh, opportunity yeah. but I'm really trying to show uh, how I'm able to provide value in this position uh, without bias also because this was a big okay. issue I saw from so the beginning do you kind of quit your day job and go full into hire hunt or you yeah. kind of do it simultaneously no I study I, I, I researched uh, for about six months okay six months I would finish my uh, normal work day doing my own like product stuff and then I'd go down into the seventh floor of the HR department and talk to them 
Okay. Right. And for me, it was market research and, and product research. And for them, it was therapy, you know, because the because HR, they got, they, they the got H- to talk about yes, the, problems. the HR is the most uh, stressed out group of people in yep. the entire company. Everyone goes with their venom and their anger and their sure. complaints and they got to kind of handle and, and be like sponges. So sure. when someone's talking to them about their problems and how could this be better and tell me what, what's the, you know, what's going wrong here and stuff, it, you know, it's, it is, it is a bit like therapy. I think HR, um, is probably the most underestimated department in a company, mm. but also and misunderstood. Misunderstood, hundred yeah. percent. But also one that has done probably the biggest and most atrocious mistake. Yeah, because it's because it's, it's a cycle. It's a cycle of abuse, it's right? A it's cycle. a cycle of it's abuse. A, a so so they're getting abused a lot. So then they end up putting out so much of that abuse into everything. And and if you really think about it, it's insane because they are they are handling such a critical. Yeah. It's the lifeblood of the company, right? People, 100%. right? So if they're being abused and they're then meant to keep employees happy and train them and develop them and, and, and meet new people coming in, you could imagine 100%. what happens. Do you know uh, Gary Vee? Yes, of course. Uh, you know, his uh, he has uh, his Vayner, his Vayner company, VaynerX. Yeah. He basically made the, he created a position called Chief Heart Officer mm. and put a lady called Claude Silver, who's who's awesome. I was mm. uh, reached out, uh, like uh, we connected on LinkedIn and yeah. Instagram. She does awesome things and mm. she is basically second in command for the whole company, yeah, which I respect that, that a lot. That makes sense. She, she only answers to him. Right. And she's above everyone else because right. he puts people first. That's why so, that's so important he cares about people. You really have to now. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. He also does this one thing that I was astounded by, which is probably the smartest thing. He goes, he hates excuses. Mm. So he goes, I meet every employee and I give them everything they want. Mm. You want salary increase? Go out. You got one more time? He gets, gives and gives, gives, gives. And yeah. he goes, okay, you're out of excuses now. Right. Why aren't you performing? Right. And if you're still not performing, you're out. Yeah. I love that approach. He's someone who's firmly in reality and, and against yeah. any kind of, of that no, fluff. I really appreciate and that. I like that. I yeah, think 100%. more people need to take this approach. All right, cool. So now we have Hire Hunt. Yeah. It's uh, it's now live. Yeah. How many, how how did you how was the growth? Tell me a bit about when we when we started to we first started with a kind of a pr- private beta with a few companies just to see if this is going to work because we how did you find the sorry how did you find CVs how do you find people to like applicants so we we were never uh, planning or in any way aligned with being a talent pool right we wanted okay. to be a, the way. Okay. So, so this is going to be the way you're going to interact with people to attract them and also really see who's the best fit for the job. So okay. it was, as an idea, it was a platform of engagement first. Uh, and, and companies would then post on, on Hire Hunt and create these gamified assessments and this first way of interacting with the company, right? Okay. And this was, this was also the thing that I noticed at the beginning when I was, when I was kind of p- mapping out all of the friction points and bottlenecks and things that need to kind of be removed is that this... It's it's a it's a fine line because on one hand the company wants to make sure you're the right person for the job. On the second, this is the first interaction. This is the hello, mm. right? So if 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 we meet and you say hello and then I throw a psychometric in your face that takes two hours, you're not gonna like me, no. right? That's the first bitter taste in my mouth of no, with sure. your company. So you don't find them the app because you kind of just like facilitate the. The, yeah. the working way which like yeah, between it. The, so you don't find the actual applicants. That's their job. You just kind of make them follow a better protocol, I guess. Yeah, it's 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 basically it's 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 a, a set of tools to okay. be able to screen a lot of people very fast and also provide a great candidate so experience. It, it, so it doesn't supplement anything the HR does, it complements. Yes, hundred percent. It it, it, it okay. is meant and, and it has gone through a lot of phases. I'll I'll, I'll tell you where we are now, but it has never left have you done? It, <laughs> many. <laughs> many. <laughs> it has left it has it has it has remained as a, a tool that augments the HR okay. to make them make sense way more effective at being strategic. 
Okay. So now, because also now, uh, I mean, the, the, the whole gamified and interactive layer, this is really the, 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 the base of this building. The other parts are now the automations, the machine learning, the kinds of things that help them go through a lot of numbers and really accurately see who they need to talk to beyond just keywords on a CV. So they could really okay. focus on people. Okay. This is, at the end of the day, this is, this is the big picture that we've never left. Uh, uh, we've never taken our eyes off this. And that's been very hard because recruitment as, it's, as recruitment, if we had started to start selling CVs, that's a super profitable path because sure. everyone wants CVs sure. at the end of the day. And that's how a lot of recruiters and, and job boards make a lot of money. Yeah, for uh, sure. But we would have been contributing to the problem if we had gone that route. And it's been very difficult because we've had to say no to a lot of times to just companies which want to buy because we have a huge database now, like over half a million people who've applied. Oh, wow. So we, we've been we've been really focusing on this idea of we want to be this catalyst in this shift of recruitment. You wanna you wanna fix the process, yeah. which is the real problem. Which is which is not the best business mindset because the business mindset business would have gone after but, the, the but, profit. But in terms of impact on an industry, it yeah. probably is the biggest impact. Impact. Yeah, hundred percent. So do you work? So is your pricing model like you kind of sell a platform? You sell we a, sell a, a subscription. Should do a tool. Yeah, it's monthly subscription okay. to this screening platform. Now if, they, now, if they use it, they don't use it. The, that's their. That's their. That's product. their thing. It's right. like it's like any any SaaS product online. Yeah, you have a fine. monthly subscription. This one is geared towards the the HR teams or solo recruiters or even like on, on a community level because we now work with, with Silicon Oasis powering their hiring. It's over eight hundred and fifty companies. Yeah. Uh, so whatever, whether you're like a solo recruiter that just needs something to help you with a with a smart inbox and talent pipelines and stuff like that or you're a, a huge uh, community of companies that want a way to share talent and also be able to have uh, the, the branding tools and the screening tools we supply that but we're very focused on the process because this is really what it's about now it's not about access there's cvs are, are million there too there's an yeah, abundance yeah. of cvs That's if anything problem. there's an abundance yeah. of cvs every single job board says we have millions of billions of kajillions of cvs oh, are you sure. able to hire off them no most of the time not yeah. most of the time not so we process we it's the process not the access now interesting yeah all right cool and how uh, in terms of how, like how did it go in terms of overall in terms of business objectives in egypt how Profitable, you guys did well? Yeah, we're now profitable in Egypt and now moving into here, we need to start generating the business here to be profitable here because that's a whole different... For sure. That's a whole different expense and runway here. Uh, but what, what happened is that within the first year, we, we started to get paying clients and then we start we uh, started to get on the the uh, investor networks, really, uh, okay. the angel investors. And then we ended up raising our, our, uh, our seed rounds uh, the following year. Uh, we did it through uh, Cairo Angels and a few external investors. Okay. We, we, we were very lucky to have uh, some really great people on board, like uh, the chairman of uh, PricewaterhouseCoopers and uh, uh, Somaya, who was the, the the head of talent at Microsoft Middle East. Oh, so cool. we had a lot of people also that helped us move from this innovative tool to a business, you know. And mm. actually, how do we how do we take this and penetrate the enterprise and penetrate okay. yeah, and talk to the decision makers and stuff? How like big is your team? Right now we have six people. So bad. Uh, yeah, and uh, they're 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 mainly based in Cairo, uh, Cairo Egypt. Okay, yeah, fine. I, I'm the first. I'm the first uh, like planting my foot here and growing the team uh, in the next phase based on the business that we. Uh, Are you looking at any more seed rounds? You're kind of done with uh, investing. You know, I mean, for the time being, we we, we want to hit certain milestones before we okay. even think about that again. Because in and of itself, fundraising and investment it's is its own circus. 
Yeah, for sure. It's it's draining and it's its own like the focus. And because I'm a solo founder, I have to be very careful on my resources. No, 100%. You know what I mean? And um, I mean, some people just live in that life of constantly raising money. But because I'm not really driven by 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 that target. Some, some people own, open companies just to be perpetually funded. Perpetually funded and win competitions and hold up the big check. And to me, that's just uh, it's it's the show. You it's know what show. I mean? It's, it's the show. It's not real. Yeah, it's really interesting. Yeah. So what what do you think is the, where's the future of Higher Hunt going? The future of Higher Hunt is spreading uh, in in multiple markets from our base here, uh, and starting to to get bigger um, success stories in in actually how we shift the KPIs of the large companies. And there's a lot of use cases we've already started to work on now, okay, because cool. at the end of the day, that's how we're going to spread. That's how we're going to sell uh, more. Is that pre hire hunt this was our time to hire this was our uh, co uh, cost uh, per year this was the quality of hires and then because it has handled so much of the administrative tasks these are the actual impacts and that takes a, a while to measure and uh -huh, for yeah. sure and how are you how are you go going about marketing hire hunt how are you putting the word out there? We, we've been we've been uh, we're not outbound sales at all okay right because um, it's just it's just it's just not the kind of thing that is very effective for what we're doing right now sure. we've been using inbound marketing um, I don't know if you've seen the videos that we've done, but, but yeah, so, so we've, we've been, our, our main goal was because the world of recruitment generally is so noisy, but it's noisy of the same kind of words and characters and brands. Sure. You don't really get distinct recruitment brands. So our first thing was kind of like, uh, showing, uh, everyone that we don't speak that talk. And we don't do the kinds of, you know, like find your dream job and climb your career ladder and all this stuff. So we are our content has been very um, what we call it hyper realistic, anti-inspirational. <laughs> we tell it like it is because it's not it's not a, it's not a rosy picture. So we're going to tell it like it is. And and through that, we want people to understand uh, that we know what the problems are and be interested in our solutions and also understand that we're not going to con them. We need to start yeah. rebuilding that trust. Uh, so our content has been based on talking about things uh, uh, that are that are might be blind spots to young okay. professionals like the email threads, uh, like a bias in hiring moms trying to find work, things like yeah. that in the Arab world, doing it in a way that is um, has a certain authenticity okay. that is just lacking from online content sure. generally, let alone recruiting. You're, so you're banking mostly on video content, right? Yes. How, are you, how are you distributing it? Uh, we're doing it online. So, uh, organically, so our, are you no, pushing? No, 100% organically. So our no, videos, no paid media, no paid media at all. It's, it's gone because they, they, they've passed three million views. Our videos without paid media on YouTube. Yeah, no, on uh, Facebook. How about on YouTube? We we're still actually starting to move there. Just push on YouTube. We will because now now we're in my realm, right? <laughs> yes. I love talking about. We're this. gonna need to have a have, I, have a whole I, separate. I definitely, talk about I that. definitely think you should be pushing um, mm. some pre rolls on YouTube. Yeah. Um, some Instagram ads for sure. Yes. Have you thought about maybe a podcast? Uh, it's uh, it's hundred percent happening. Okay, very hundred cool. percent. Awesome. Happening. Yeah, I'm a bit excited yeah. about that. Uh, definitely, I think it's going to be weird. <laughs> Let it be weird, as man. most as most of our content is. <laughs> Let it be weird, man. Yeah, but I like your content. It's, it's it's unique in nature, and that's why I think people like watching we, it. We come from left field, far yeah. far left. I like and it. Sometimes we're a bit too left that we need to start remembering that. No, yeah. we, we need to also talk like a business. You know. How about uh, your written content? Um, do you do any articles like that? You should. A, a little bit, but we found in terms of the ROI of our time, putting in, into these videos that we release once every while, but they're very much crafted in a certain way. Okay. So far, that's been very effective to us, but because a lot of people don't read, man. that's It's a problem. True. I wish they did, you know what I mean? True. Because I love to write. But if, for example, are you on Medium? 
Not yet. You know, like for example, Medium is what, it's, a, it's 250 million active users. We're going to start now, but the thing is that Medium is blocked in Egypt. So is it? I don't know that. Blocked. So Why? That's a whole other oh, thing. No, <laughs> that's all. Because Medium is. A, a, <laughs> I'm just going to have to walk out of the room if we continue no, no, this. No, no, it's, 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 <laughs> it's just blocked. But it's a great site. Uh, now it's you're fantastic. here. It's open here. Yeah. So I'm definitely going to start. Yeah. Doing 100%. That, yeah. So um, I'm a very big believer, and it's something I spoke about yesterday during the Middle East podcast forum. Did you go? No. Okay. Um, it's it's really interesting. Mm was that I like to be on every platform. Sure. Because your user, the end user, you don't know if he's on, if he f- goes on Facebook the yeah. most or Medium or yeah. TikTok or Pinterest. Yeah. He's, he's going somewhere. 100%. So I think uh, I like to be everywhere. So I think your content should be everywhere. Th- that's a that's the best strategy and this is w- where we've been lacking really. Yeah. Because because like I said, because we are such a small team and mm-hmm. I'm a solo founder, I, I, I would have I tried to do the most effective thing with our time. Yeah. Uh, but what you're saying is 100% true. Yeah, that's good. All right, cool, man. Yeah. Uh, if you ever need any help, please reach out. Oh, for sure. Cool. Uh, let's wrap this up. Where can people find you where can they view the content where can they reach out hihunt.com uh, right, cool. This is this is the place to go if you're if you're interested in uh, I mean because it's a whole other site for applicants right they can build their profile yes. they do a whole interview it, it 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 unbiasedly ranks talent based on the insights and the interactions on the platform and then employers can request their CVs for free this is not like any other site we awesome. sell the subscription to the screening because that's our bread yeah, and butter that's, that's our technology that's, that's what we do and we believe so much in process not access that it's free access for CVs awesome yeah. and uh, for to reach out to you if they like your content they just want to say hi best Hirehunt.com. I'm also on Facebook, LinkedIn. on uh, tw- yeah, LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram. I'll, yeah. I'll make sure for all the links any, there. Any company also that needs a, a consultation or advice on how do they navigate these waters, right? Because do you give like a like initial free consultations? How you yes, hundred percent. No, yeah. this is a big part of what we do because because there's a lot to to be lost in in the world of recruitment technology 100%. and vendors and a lot of people using big terms like AI and big data and all that stuff without actually using it, you know, just yeah. to sell. So we we like to act as guides to to and cons- uh, consultants as people taking this right. digital transformation no i like your perspective on, on recruitment i think it's something that this industry desperately needs and i appreciate that man and th- thank you thank you for having me here no, it's, man, been, it's I, been really I, I fun did, i did because your content is interesting so hands off to you <laughs> i appreciate content. that so guys yeah definitely reach out to him i'll make sure to put all the links um in the description so hit him up there <coughs> these allergies um for for this podcast we are now 10 plus podcast sites um find us everywhere we're on the time as well shout out to rami and the team over there um, for me, Digital Hoos on Instagram and Twitter. Hit me up on LinkedIn, Hassan Al-Hajj. And that's basically it, guys. I really appreciate it. Thanks for being here, Basil. Thank and, you, sir. Uh, definitely going to keep an eye out. I can't wait for your podcast. So let me know who that is. I'll definitely, <laughs> it's be, coming. definitely be a subscriber. <laughs> I appreciate so, guys, that. that's basically it. This is Let's Take This Online. We're out.